0: Welcome to another episode of NAC Health Center News. I'm Sinead Jackson. Over 14% of our nation's population, 48 million people, face food insecurity, difficulty accessing safe, affordable, nutritious food without scavenging, receiving charity, or stealing. The highest percentage are households with children. Lack of access to healthy food, such as fresh vegetables, is associated with acute health problems, such as anemia and poor school attendance. More serious chronic health problems associated with food insecurity include weight loss or gain, diabetes, hypertension, stroke, and dental disease. Food insecurity is an issue community health centers have tackled since the beginning. In our last podcast of a three-part series on how health centers are fighting food insecurity in their communities, we'll hear from George A. Jones, CEO of Bread for the City in Washington, D.C., We should note the health centers featured in this series were identified through a special project showcasing health centers' effort to combat food insecurity, sponsored through the Medtronic Foundation. The Community Health Centers as Food Oasis Partners Project aims to lay the groundwork toward developing a knowledge base of promising practices in fighting food insecurity in communities. A food oasis is a place where self-sustaining and innovative practices are developed to empower inhabitants of food deserts to have better access to healthy eating environments and foods. Bread for the City's Road to Becoming a Community Health Center is actually the story of two organizations with two different missions coming together. The health center began as a food pantry in 1976 and was founded by a group of local churches.
1: It was established by actually some uh, churches here in Washington, D.C. And they didn't just establish our food pantry, but they were also a part of a number of nonprofits. In fact, a lot of the the work that exists in D.C. around in the social services and social justice space all was sort of this a response to the civil rights movement. And our food pantry was one of the first programs developed by this group of churches, largely run by volunteers. And um, it wasn't probably until about four or five years into sort of servicing, closer to 1980, uh, when the organization incorporated Bread for the City, with the name of the organization incorporated the food pantry and the clothing room to become this official nonprofit to serve people. And we've been doing it ever since.
0: Around the same time, a medical service, the Zacchaeus Free Clinic, was established by another volunteer group.
1: For a long time, the two programs actually worked sort of on these parallel tracks in that same community. So Zacchaeus Free Clinic was established by uh, um, a church and some providers, some medical providers who, who, who wanted to volunteer their services. The district at the time had about 100,000 people who were medically uninsured. And so this group of uh you know, private providers established Zacchaeus Free Clinic and then right around the corner or right down the street was um, Bread for the City and so those two agencies worked together because they started to realize they were working with a lot of the same people, uh, same patients who came to Bread, came to uh, came to Zacchaeus rather went to Bread for the City for food and clothing and then in the late 80s they finally got the idea that hey why don't we, why don't we sort of combine our efforts and decided that they wanted to merge. And three years later, actually in 1994, uh, they officially merged, they actually began working together in one facility in the early 1990s.
0: Historically, Bread for the City has provided a three-day supply of groceries to families in D.C. But about two years ago, the health center increased the food quantities to a five-day supply, and that's been an interesting element to their services, says George.
1: It sort of attracted even more families, as you can imagine, and, uh, and it's also started to cost us a lot more money. So it's always the balance between raising dollars to to provide these services, but uh, we think that uh, in a lot of ways the food pantry is a real um, link to all the other services, really a sort of an outreach program that... Uh, can tie people to all the other services we provide at Bread for the City. And by the way, what we provide is food, clothing, medical, legal, and social services all under one roof.
0: The health center is also now serving a bigger area, expanding services to communities outside the D.C. border.
1: Probably first among all of our programs is the food program. It's the program that tends to attract people. So I would say two out of every three people who come to Bread for the City, and it was, we are largely a drop-in center, um, they come and they say that they heard that we have a food pantry. And so that tends to be the more the most popular program that folks come from.
0: The health center uses those food pantry encounters to find out what other services patients might need.
1: What happens is that people then go through an intake interview. Everybody goes through an assessment, uh, about 30- to 60-minute interview, where we talk to them not only about their eligibility for whatever service they came for, but also talk to them about all the services we provide. So we tell them about the food pantry, in the legal services and the medical clinic and the uh, clothing room and the advocacy work we do, trying to get people sort of a sense that Bread's looking to sort of essentially serve the entire person, that we realize that poverty very rarely happens in a vacuum, and so it's rare that somebody's just hungry or they just need access to healthcare. And so it's the same kind of, um, you know, story we would tell to a donor that we think they're having this holistic uh, redress to what people living in poverty are facing is really critical.
0: Staying true to their tradition of collaboration, Bread for the City works with over 700 community partners including the Capital Area Food Bank and local farmers markets.
1: We probably spend about $600,000 a year just getting food from the food bank. We also get food from another partner, smaller partner, the local farmers markets over at uh, Eastern Market in uh, DuPont Circle, a couple in Virginia. So we actually glean We call it gleaning because when they're finished with their produce, and again, on a given weekend, we'll go and have volunteers pick up that produce and bring it back to our food pantry.
0: Besides providing food, Bread for the City also looks to emphasize nutrition through their programs.
1: When I first got to Bread for the City back in 1996, there was a real focus on hunger, which obviously is still a critical issue. But we really realized, uh, you know, when issues around you know, health and everything really started to sort of bubble up in 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 America culture, where people realize, hey, um, you can't, you know, poor people can't just eat the cheapest food. They really need to get something that's nutritional. Bread really started to prioritize that. So fresh produce, and you know, we not only do we glean food from these farmers markets, but we actually have um, an orchard out in Beltsville, Maryland. It's a three-acre orchard that we have, where we produce probably about twenty pounds, twenty thousand pounds of fresh fruits and vegetables
0: um, annually. George says they actually hope to glean 50,000 pounds each season, but they haven't reached that goal yet. But what they do gather, they include in the food bags they distribute to patients. There is also another benefit to having the farm.
1: Uh, in fact, one of the other elements that's really interesting about our uh, farm is uh, out in Beltsville is that we actually take a number of our clients out to the farm, and they help us harvest and keep, maintain the, the orchard out there, and, and bring the food back in too, so that their, their fellow community members can can enjoy and the uh, the harvest that we bring back. So that's been a really interesting new element to our work. But again, I, th- I think that's all about sort of incorporating uh, nutrition. In the food insecurity fight. And in fact, it was our medical practice, our chief medical officer, who sort of really challenged us to sort of, you know, we have, you have a medical clinic in your building, and you've given away food that too often wasn't high in nutritional value, really challenged us to sort of align those two, you know, values and, and, and um, you know, sort of aspects of service to the community.
0: Corporations, school groups, and community members all volunteer to help with the orchard. It's been one of the biggest value-adds because it creates a space for the health center to engage community members and educate them about what Bread for the City does.
1: One of the things that's really true about the community members that we serve, and again, there are thousands of people who come through each month, they want to find ways to give back. In fact, the other thing I mentioned is that in recent years we've really been focusing on what we call engaging our clients, client engagement. And so finding all kinds of ways to involve people in our work, even though these are folks who are trying to get back on their feet and trying to sort of make ends meet. But like all of us, they still want to contribute, and so we get people opportunities to volunteer at the orchard. We also have two rooftop gardens. So I have a community center in, in southeast D.C. and one in northwest each has a community garden it's a relatively small garden but it creates a space where for people who can't go out to the orchard or when we are out, not out at the orchard they can still get a sense of where these fresh fruits because these are vegetable gardens so we produce uh, everything. we've even had watermelon on the rooftop believe it or not It's small well a footprint as it is to so really we really have tried to sort of connect the dots around all of the pieces that sort of make up for the kind of um, supports that that we consider holistic for people
0: but there are still obstacles like space.
1: One of the things that's true about D.C. is as big a footprint as we have. And we again, I said we have 5,000 households coming through every month. Sounds like a lot of people. But there's probably 100,000 residents in D.C. living at or below poverty. And so we, there's, there's never enough space. We're, we're In fact, we're looking to build a 30,000 square foot facility in Southeast D.C. to replace the current 9,000 square foot because we've just outgrown that. If you go to that particular center on any given day, we're just bursting at the scenes and people are you know, basically standing on top of each other. And so space is a real big challenge.
0: And then there's the affordable housing problem in D.C. that really impacts the health center's ability to be effective in vulnerable areas.
1: So even though we provide these array of services, too, too many people come to us not having housing or having having inadequate housing and it's hard for even those services we provide to make a, a you know a full difference the complete difference because people are struggling so much with housing and we've done we've incorporated a couple of things in our our, our community centers one is we we have a housing assistance program basically they are workshops that we run weekly where we try to help people figure out how to
0: find housing. To address this problem, the health center has created a robust advocacy program.
1: We figured that if we were really going to sort of change the trajectory for people living in poverty, we had to change some of the systems. So we created an advocacy department. We have five community organizers who partner with our clients, actually, much like we do on the direct services side. In this advocacy work, we train people about how to testify about any host of housing issues. So in a lot of ways, until we can really address that, Agencies like Bread for the City are going to kind of be treading water just to try to make a difference.
0: But Bread for the City is making a difference. Just listen to the story George tells about a gift the health center received.
1: We have a, um, a holiday program we have where we give out for, from November 1st to December 31st. We give out turkeys and all the sort of traditional holiday meals. And there's one organization I go to every year to ask for money. It's a law firm in the city, and one of our board members is on the firm. And we go there, and they usually donate between twenty and $30,000 a year to that campaign. But one of the stories comes from one of the staff, staff workers there. He's not an attorney, sort of, but he's on the legal staff at this firm. And we got a, a check from him one day a gift, a donation and in the letter he said, he told a story about how when he was a child his family came to Bread for the City to get food and sometimes it was the only food they had in the house and he always remembered that and when he got that job he decided that he always wanted to give back to the organization that had helped his family. So that's such a touching story because this guy literally works for an organization now that supports us but he also supports us personally. So.
0: George says having holistic redress to people's needs is a critical part of health and that health centers should consider diversifying their services to meet those needs while also diversifying their revenue.
1: So the health piece is important, but as we know, probably only 20% of health care is really sort of uh, impacted by medical care itself. The other 80% is all these social determinants. And so having access to food and, and housing support, and all of these other services is so critical to sort of helping people stay healthy because medicine alone can't do it. So I would tell groups to really think about diversifying what they offer to their, their clients and their patients. The point is that, that what we found is that you really diversify your revenue, too, by having these array of services because there are other entities that are really interested in, in, in you know issues other than healthcare. They're interested in hunger. They're interested in housing. They're interested in... Um, access to legal services and access to justice. And, and again, the district is a fairly progressive city, so it's not surprising that we have that array of supports and, and funders, if you will, out there. But there are probably other places. If they don't have them, they might be inspired to create them if they, they sort of see models like ours.
0: We like to thank these health centers for sharing their stories and best practices with us. To learn more about the Community Health Centers as Food Oasis Partners Project, visit www.nachc.org. Want to keep up with us in the latest health center news? Follow us on Twitter at N-A-C-H-C. Music by ben Sound. www.bensound.com.